Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for. And done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face. And done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Happy Sunday morning here on Collider Mailbag. How are you doing? Hope you've been enjoying your weekend. Thanks for taking the time to watch Sunday's edition of Collider Mailbag. I'm your host, John Roca, and I could not be more excited what? to welcome one of what? my dear friends and one of the guys I love watching his content Same. from. That is the man, Hector Navarro. Thank How you so are much. You, I'm great, man. It's great to see you. You too. I love having conversations with you. You're one of my favorite guys, too. I probably said this before on something. Well, one of my say favorite, it again. favorite guys. Me. to agree with when we talk about movies and yes. stuff and also favorite guys to disagree with yeah i love having that com- those conversations with you i think you're a shining example of of this whole thing so oh, thank, thank you so you. much for having me i'm so excited Same. we mm-hmm. have great pleasant conversations yes. you're right even when we disagree yes. it's like well this is my point like, okay i can see that i can yeah. see that but what about this <laughs> and it's always fun conversation it should be <laughs> exactly yeah. that's what we try to do well you know we'll probably have some of these discussions maybe on this show oh, depending yeah. on the questions that are asked okay the fans send wonderful questions and it's always fun to see the intricate questions and complex questions and detailed questions very specific John, they're very yeah. specific yeah, they questions. Are very specific <laughs> which i appreciate uh and you guys can do that when we put the shout outs for collider mailbag go to our uh you can see it on our twitter and our instagram if you just do the hashtag collider mailbag it'll show up be easier to grab and for me to possibly pick to be on the show or you can also email us if you don't like social media at all and who bl- no one can blame you you can go to mailbag <laughs> at collider.com submit your questions there I-, I think i picked a good mix here and with hector's help of well because i like i like my guests to like like the questions so they can be excited Aww. to ask to answer them so uh let's get into it all Great. right the first question is an email from jag deep kinda it writes hello collider aquaman 2 has officially got its release date for december 16th 2022 don't you think this is really far away and long mm. to wait for the sequel mm. also if shazam is a success wb will most likely make a sequel but since wb since wb <laughs> likes to have at least a three-year time span for their dceu sequels for mm-hmm. example 101 1984 mm-hmm. aquaman 2 don't you think the kids that play young shazam family will outgrow their roles 
This is this is a great question. I love this yeah. question. I think that uh, I've been thinking about this actually a lot recently. Okay. Especially when it comes to Aquaman, because I'm such a fan of this universe taking the shape that it's taking, mm-hmm. this movie franchise, and I want nothing but the best for Patty Jenkins, James Wan. We've got uh, David Sandberg, yeah, David director Sandberg, of Shazam. Yeah. Like, I want it all to be successful. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for everybody. I'm also selfish because I'm a DC fan. I'm mm-hmm. a comic fan that I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's get Flash, Green Lantern, Cyborg, right. Martian Manhunter, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Hawkman, yeah. Plastic. I'm like, more, 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 more. Right. So I think I've come up with a solution because I have been rewatching and and getting obsessed with Young Justice. Have you seen the show yet, John? Yes, of course. Yeah, you have. My okay. friend Yuri Lowenthal's on That's the right. show. That's right. So he's yeah, great. Lagoon Boy. He's yeah, great. Lagoon he's great. Boy. But here's what's really interesting about Young Justice is that it's different. It, what sets it apart from other, even specifically DC animated shows, as much as we love Batman, the animated series, mm-hmm. all the way to Justice League Unlimited, whatever your, shows your favorite, Teen Titans, whatever. Here's what's really unique about Young Justice. There are specific dates and times in the show. Right. And the show moves forward in time. And it's not trying to stay frozen so that things can become episodic. Mm-hmm. There is a five year gap between seasons one and two. There's a two year gap, two or three, between seasons two and three. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It means that Dick Grace and Robin can go into Nightwing. And it also means for story elements that there's huge chunks of like of of missing story that is exciting for fans to like try and figure out mm-hmm. and for DC fans because what is what happened in between those seasons why did Aqualad go to the bad side when season 2 started you're like what's happening what's going on what ha- what's happening with these characters relationships uh, what happened I'm like that's the solution for Aquaman yeah. instead of having Aquaman 2 pick up right after Aquaman 1 left off do a 4 year time jump yeah. be accurate to the time now, the MCU kind of does this for the most part. The MCU doesn't have hard dates, mm-hmm. but, like, for the most part, Avengers Infinity War took place in 2018, right? right? For the most part, uh, uh, Captain America Civil War took place in 2016. Right. And then, like, Spider-Man was a little bit after that. Black Panther was a little bit after that. Mm-hmm. It, even though, you know, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 took place, for the most part, in 2014, mm-hmm. even though it was released in 2017, right? So there's a little bit of fudging of some movies in, like, a timeline order. Yeah. But what, the, what that does, too, is it affords them to, even though we haven't had an, an Iron Man movie, like Iron Man, Tony Stark has been Iron Man mm-hmm. for those years since we last saw him in Iron Man 3. Right. So we catch up with him in Civil War, and it's like him and Pepper broke up. And it's like story, we get, we're getting story, and mm-hmm. we're allowed to move this universe forward. Yeah. I think we need to kind of move away from the idea of these characters being frozen in time and these sequels picking up right where they left off. Sometimes it's great. Incredibles 2. Right. Sure. Great way to go. Sure. That's what I would have preferred. But Aquaman, what if it's four years? What if him and Mara have a kid already? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What if he comes back to Atlantis and he's talking to Mara and he's like, oh, Green Lantern's giving me a hard time. Because fans will go, wait, what, what? The Justice League's still at the... What? Right. What? And then just keep moving the universe forward th- through those kinds of little drops. I don't need a cameo from another superhero, but like... If Aquaman's talking about the universe as it is and, and what has happened in four years, great. Yeah. That means that they can just move to a new lineup of characters for the Justice League or move to any new story elements that they want to, you know, to get to. Yeah. Without having to, to, to feel like it's beholden to like, well, Aquaman 2 left off. Okay, Black Manta was this and this. Yeah. Just go. I think, I think if it's a more, uh, you know, the kinds of thing of being real attentive to the detail and the time. And I think it's for the really hardcore fans. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Right. That's how you see you map it out like Carrie and Homeland. You got all these strings connected, everything, and I respect that. And that's <laughs> cool. Honestly, it speaks a lot to the people who are intelligent enough to do those kinds of things. It's phenomenal. But the most of the movie going public isn't like, wait a minute, you're off by a little bit 
blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. They're more like, are you going to give me a good movie? Right. Is it going to work? Are you going to make right. it organic? And yes, if they've aged some, are you going to make that feel organic as well? I say embrace it. Well? I say right. embrace you, it. you got to embrace it. And I think that's a good thing overall. And yeah, Billy Batson, he may get a little bit older, the actor playing him, but it, it still works because he can still turn into, he's still not a full into, adult into yet. Zachary so Levi. it's still wor- into Zachary Levi, exactly. Yeah. So it still works. You've got time to make it. And it's good to have them older because as they age, what do they encounter as yes. they become young adults, as they become teenagers? Yeah. You know, like, that was one of the great things about um, about the Harry Potter series. Yeah. We saw them grow from little kids to all, all full-blown into young adults and graduates of the Hogwarts Academy and mm-hmm. seeing what they went through, seeing their puberty uh, spurts and, and mm-hmm. growth and everything like that. How does Zachary Levi's works? Shazam performance change? Right, exactly, as the, because as the, the as kid Billy is older. ages. Exactly. And again, going back to Young Justice, first season, he was a character. Shazam was a character. And right. Billy was a kid. But then now we get to season three, and people are starting to do the math. And they're like, wait, he's in his early 20s. Now, yeah. we're not, we haven't had an episode that focused on Billy yet, but that's exciting. It's yeah. like, what does that mean for that character? You know, these characters shouldn't always... Batman shouldn't always be 30. I'm interested in having the story where new characters come in, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and especially with DC, it's all about legacy. Yeah. It's all about legacy. So I'm saying embrace it. I think that's the answer. Don't fear it. Don't worry about, yeah. oh, the uh, actors are going to get older. Good. They're yeah. Good. Let's, that's a let's, good let's keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. There's new storylines to explore. Yes. What's our next question? Our next question, John, <laughs> is from Instagram. Yeah. This is from Rob Naylor One. He writes, uh, with anime films being brought to the live action world, is there an anime film or show that you would love to see or hate to see in live action? John. It's a good question. Look, I'm not, you know, I yeah. am not the anime expert. Uh, Hector Navarro, Emma Fife, uh, younger people. Not me. It's are... Emma Fife. I stole this question from Emma Fife, <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't get to answer it. Uh, yeah, she was on yesterday. But like, you, you look at this and you go to yourself, okay, what is the thing? For me, mm-hmm. the anime stops and ends for me, Ghost in the Shell 2, mm. Innocence. It's still one of my favorite animes ever because it's a noir anime, and it picks up with Batu and what he's exploring. And Batu is introduced, obviously, in the first Ghost in the Shell movie. Mm-hmm. And what he's exploring, this mystery that he's exploring throughout the movie. He's got a dog companion. There's a lot of stuff that they explore that they had introduced in Ghost in the Shell. They yeah. explore even more thoroughly and deeply in this particular film. And I would love to see a version of this in uh, in live action form. We had that character, Batu, in, yeah. uh, in the Ghost in the Shell live action movie. film, which you can feel however you want about it. Yeah. But for me, I, I just the sample scene by two live action. I was like, yep, that could work. Absolutely. Even bring back that actor. So it's kind of like to a, you could, you're saying like kind of a spinoff. Yes. Yeah. It a is spin-off a sequel. And do its own thing. Wait, is Scarlett Johansson's character in Ghost in the Shell 2? It, it is uh, in a small part. In a yes. small part? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But it's what happens to that character at the end of right. Ghost in the Shell that sparks Ghost in the Shell 2 and the mystery cool. that he's trying to solve. It's so good. I haven't seen the Ghost in the Shell uh, Scarlett Johansson film yet. I'm yeah, I did. A, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. I mean, was it good? I would say that it's potential i would say that it's watchable but yeah. i i would say that the criticisms against it are valid are valid yeah. yeah that's fair um my answer is back to uh especially with i think this this question comes from alita battle angel like with, with uh, that right, happening right. uh especially seeing how well ac- executed and like faithful that was mm-hmm. and the budget on that movie i go i have to go back to dragon ball z okay i gotta go back to dbz dragon ball z i think if done properly could be the next lord of the rings Wow! Truly, truly, truly. So I you think don't that, think the big hair and all the, the no, because stuff would, all of okay. that stuff, all of that stuff is if it's done in a realistic way. I'll give you an example. When I was a kid growing up in San Diego, we had access to like Mexican TV channels. That's right. how I watched Dragon Ball Z. It, they would air it in Spanish in Mexico. The episodes that were like further along 
than they were in English. Mm-hmm. So I was watching Dragon Ball Zeta, and in that show, character spoke Spanish. So to me, Goku always looked like a Mexican guy right. because he's just a brown-eyed, black-haired guy, especially going from him being a little kid. He kind of looks like this rapscallion. And at one point in the show, they explained that like Goku's hair, I think it was in the show, is that way because he just has like clumps of dirt in it because he's just like this like guy who doesn't he doesn't know about hygiene. It doesn't like no. he's just like a super like huge heart, naive, almost like a fish out of water type character. Mm-hmm. So if you take an approach, I'm not saying do a movie where you actually have dumps, you know, clumps of dirt in a dude's hair, mm-hmm. but just pair, you know, pare down some of that more outlandish, uh, stereotypical stuff. Right. Very cliched. What we all think of when we think of Dragon Ball Z. The same way you watch Alita Battle Angel and that and that manga. I've only, I haven't seen the anime yet, mm-hmm. but that manga is like insane. It yeah. like makes no sense. To me, which I'm like a Western, like American audience, makes no sense. It's so crazy, but they found ways to basically do that, but kind of make it make sense in this world. Mm -hmm. So I think you could do that. I think you could have – my approach would be this. Um, Bruce Lee was a guy who talked about uh, martial arts in relation to like – uh, I think it's is, is the phrase wushu cinema the type of the, oh, yeah. the type of like Chinese martial arts films that are very like wire work and they yes. inspired Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Right. He Bruce Lee kind of revolutionized a lot of martial arts film because he talked about how he wanted the punches to connect yeah. to feel like they hurt. That's it. You do that approach and you get amazing around the world fight choreographers and you you film fight sequences that actually feel like you know because you watch the cartoon show and i would always be blown away that the punches felt so mm-hmm. visceral and like painful and i think that the story is a basic what if superman story it's 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 the most like americanized superhero mm-hmm. story that i've encountered in like from coming from japan and i think that you trim a lot of the fat obviously and you can get a solid two two and a half hour movie out of each major dragon ball z saga okay. i think and i think that the reason I say Lord of the Rings, talking about kids aging, yeah. Goku's son goes from five years old to seven years old from the Saiyan saga to the Cell saga. So like a, across like three major like mm-hmm. events, he goes from five to seven years old. I think that if you film three movies at once, Lord of the Rings style, which right. they'll never do ever again, ever <laughs> in Hollywood, you could have that kind of um, you could have that kind of epic scale. And then you wait seven years and then you film the Majin Buu saga, which is like when all the characters came back and Go Gohan was like, um, yeah, Gohan was like, went from like, he was like 18 or something mm-hmm. later. So maybe he can age from like five, seven years old to like 12, something like that. But anyway, I think that there's that potential. And I okay. think that if it's done right, it could, it could prove to, um, movie going audiences that aren't familiar with Dragon Ball Z, why it's a worldwide phenomenon. Like yeah. why people around the world love it so much if it's done well. That's a great point. You know, Batman Ninja got a lot of uh, uh, traction here in the States mm-hmm. with its release because it used obviously a well-known, uh, mm-hmm. two well-known characters from the DC world with Batman and Joker. Your feelings about the movie aside, mm-hmm. it still had enough buzz and attention that it got the public's, yeah. uh, public's uh, notice. So you yeah. can go, like, okay, well, can we do a live-action version of that? Can we do a live-action version of any anime manga thing yes mm-hmm. i think it's possible i think what mm-hmm. you say same thing with video game movies mm-hmm. it's a matter of getting the right talent behind it they'll find the organic realistic way to, for people to connect to it you hope yes and that's the success it's not the stories it's not the style or the stories right it's about the people in charge of it mm-hmm. understanding the essence of it and understanding how to convert it for american or western audiences mm-hmm. to enjoy it and like you said take out the ascent or take bring in the essential parts yes. of it and maybe the other stuff that is very culturally appropriate to that mm-hmm. uh, uh that uh, uh, origin mm-hmm. nation 
it doesn't necessarily have to transfer over. It's right. the essence of the story that you want to get right. So yeah. we'll see as it goes along. I'm excited as the manga and anime opens yeah, up hopefully, more and more. Hopefully. There'll be more to come. All right, let's move on to our next question. It's an email for Marcos Batista. He writes, uh, so I was listening on Google Play Music, a radio station of, movie, of epic movie scores, and the Raiders of the Lost Ark movie score came on. And I immediately pictured in a scene from Indiana Jones, which got me thinking, if that score was from a lesser quality movie, would I have liked it as much as I do now? What do you think? Does a movie make the movie score better or the score make the movie better or are they equal? I might argue that Jaws, that the Jaws score definitely makes the movie better. Really hope you all pick this one. Thanks. All right, Hector. Great great question. Uh, Yeah, I think that if you like a movie, you'll like the score more. And I think that uh, if a movie's bad, no matter how good the score is, usually it's not going to... um, change your mind about the movie although i will say that there's exceptions to there's like examples of both Mm -hmm. i think the best thing about star wars episode one the phantom menace is the score john williams it's some of his best stuff Mm -hmm. and no matter how much i don't love that movie i i like i do love that score Mm -hmm. but i don't listen to it on its own the way that i do with a lot of film scores because it just reminds me i don't like that movie right my buddy for years has been telling me michael giacchino's score for jurassic world is phenomenal uh um and um paying homage to john williams and it's fantastic and i'm like yeah man i'm sure that it's great michael giacchino is my favorite composer i can't do it because it will remind me I'm, i don't love that movie yeah neither do i yeah. and, and if there's movies that i love that um a lot of people don't the score enhances that mm-hmm. people don't like the movie john carter or tron legacy two disney like 2010 2012 yeah. films and the scores for that are daft punk and michael giacchino and i think that the score makes me love john carter more the score makes me love tron more mm-hmm. um but i i i think that there is a, a connection there i think that uh that that good films uh i think that the good like good films have the score enhance it i don't think yeah. like no matter how good uh, no, ma- no matter how bad a movie is a great score cannot necessarily save it they yeah. work they work together mm-hmm. they work together so that's kind of my answer to that i agree with that completely yeah. i think it's a matter of like you know to have a great movie you have to have all these elements work together in unison in cohesion a score is a really important part of it and not just the score it's also knowing when to play the score yes it's knowing the volume to play the score yes. and in certain moments so you're not trying to like browbeat the audience over the head with this is the emotion you should be feeling mm-hmm. it's more a matter of making it all work together as one unit and i agree with you there are there are moments there are films where the score is not as good as the movie i would yeah. throw rogue one in there i love rogue one mm-hmm. to pieces and that's my giacchino yeah giacchino score mm-hmm. is not the best for me in that because if also mm-hmm. was a bit rushed to put that thing together yeah and it shows at times for me meet joe black not a good movie love that score Who did that lady in the water i love that score yeah didn't like the movie all sure, that much sure, sure. so there are there are scores that come along and you're just like man this so works but what you you're also a part of your question is is the the movie that makes you influence or is it the score it's i think it's equal it's like like a braveheart that's equal yeah you know, james Orr, that's yeah. a great movie and a great score yeah. it serves to elevate what's already great about it mm-hmm. and those are the uh, fantastic and raise the lost ark is a great reference to make in that mm-hmm. back to the future is another mm-hmm. fantastic all score. the classics yeah, yeah all the classics and yeah. there's a reason people have those albums and those scores in mm-hmm. that way mm-hmm. it's i think it's much more rare where you see a uh, bad movie with a great score than a great movie with a good with a bad score. That's, yes, that's a rare. That's thing a good for point. Me, that's yeah, a very good in, point. In my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Uh, Wild Wild West is another one that I enjoy that score. That movie is no good, but that score is fun. It's a very adventurous and a blast. What's our next question? Our next question is from Instagram. This is uh, 
King Skyfall 96 writes, "Hey Collider Video, enjoying the incredible uh, the incredible content Blank. that you provide, yeah, fans. Sure. Question: With James Gunn's hashtag The Suicide Squad going into production soon with a new cast and crew and adding Idris Elba, why didn't WB Pictures just have Deathstroke replace Deadshot and lead a new Task Force X team involving Amanda Waller, Supergirl, Bane, Livewire, Star Sapphire, Killer Frost, Copperhead, and King Shark?" to retrieve a weapon of chaos, that weapon being Black Adam. Wouldn't this idea gain more interest and popularity in the film and get fans more excited? Thanks. Well, uh, very this, specific question. Yeah, and this question came in <laughs> just as all the news was breaking this sure. week about Suicide Squad 2. And so I will say to you this, the Black Adam aspect could be an interesting thing to explore in Suicide Squad 2. Mm-hmm. Could make it more interesting for you to see. There's already, of course, there's been rumors for quite some time there's going to be Dwayne Johnson playing Black Adam. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. will they go that route? I think they're waiting to see the results of Shazam. But, like, having James Gunn involved in Suicide Squad 2 makes it more interesting. Having now, just recently, Idris Elba replace Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Now you know you've got another aspect to it all. And then they just announced the characters that will be in this film. Mm-hmm. Ratcatcher, uh, King Shark. Hey, so you mentioned King Shark. King one. Shark's in it. Uh, Polka Dot Man and Peacemaker all <laughs> being a part of this thing and you know I- Idris Elba's character Odesha will be like kind of like the guiding force of these uh, sure. of this team and maybe Harley Quinn we and don't maybe know. Harley Quinn we don't know we don't and know. maybe Rick Flag we don't, we know. don't know so all of that leads to uh, an interesting as, uh, story overall that is going to be involved with all these fun characters mm-hmm. do they go after Black Adam well if they do I could see this team having their hands full with Black Adam because mm-hmm. this isn't the strongest Suicide Squad lineup you can put together <laughs> <laughs> um, I like your idea of doing Bane and live, but I think there's there, when you throw in characters that have already been on screen, then people start to get like real hyped and like always oh, it the right casting is not right casting. Right, 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 this right. is smart move by James Gunn, I think, at WB and DC to kind of these lesser known characters, so you don't have to put you don't have your ideas of what they should or shouldn't be on there, just like Guardians of the Galaxy. The cast came out. No one was like, "Hey, yeah, that guy man. shouldn't be, pl- or that shouldn't yeah, be playing man. Gamora or, or mm-hmm. Star Lord." Mm-hmm. It's open. So uh, yes, good point. Black Adam would be an interesting thing to explore, but. I don't know if they're going to go there right now. I think Skyfall 96, King Skyfall 96, I think that this scenario would, uh, this idea would gain more interest and popularity for you specifically, I think, with all of the characters that you listed, uh, which I don't know if that applies to all movie-going audiences, but here's what I love about this question. I love that King Skyfall, like we were talking about earlier about Aquaman Mm -hmm. and my passion for the DC universe. Obviously, this person wants to, like, like bust open this DC universe and like add as many characters as possible to get things going. And right. with the addition of Black Adam, I feel like uh, this person's going, and that's how we could get to the Rocks movie, oh, yeah, and that's right. how we could do this. And I love that that notion, but uh, I don't know if, like you mentioned, it's going to be really easy to compare this to Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. On paper, there are so many similarities. On paper, this is like a no-brainer win-win for Warner Brothers to get James Gunn. And I think that if you were to travel back in time to 2013, and if you're a big fan of the Marvel Universe and Marvel Comics, I feel like you might have a similar question questioning uh, that Guardians of the Galaxy lineup. You might be going, wouldn't it be better if they had the Silver Surfer and yeah. and and the Fantastic Four and all these like things that we're more accustomed to within yeah. the Marvel Universe because the Guardians so came out of left field. Mm-hmm. So even in the world of, of Marvel Comics, they had at the time, uh, maybe about 10 so years before, like they had their own sort of cosmic line that was mm-hmm. really gaining some steam and fans of that were like, yeah, the Guardians, we've got Adam Warlock and Groot and Gamora and mostly the, the movie lineup, but like most Marvel fans yeah. and most f- fans of movies in general did not count on those characters to be the breakout hits that they were. Yeah. So I feel like it's it's it might be kind of like question mark right now because you're like, Polka Dot Man, we have to wait until this thing comes out. <laughs> yeah. Right? If, if, if he does anything similar to these characters that he did with Drax the Destroyer, mm-hmm. 
Gamora, who ended up becoming one of my favorite Marvel characters. Yeah, yeah. Groot. 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 Like, love, such like, an Groot, obscure Raccoon, thing, yeah. like Rocket Raccoon, yeah. even Peter Quill Star-Lord. Like, we don't know what James Gunn's going to do yet. Uh, I think that I love the specificity of this question, but I also think that, like you were saying, it also benefits Warner Brothers to not try and put the cart before the horse or to have those expectations for fans yeah. or to or to kind of do like the the um the the expected thing the thing that makes sense and instead go this is the time for them to take some risks right the expected thing is wonder woman aquaman getting a sequel shazam that movie like what's after that and right. i feel like and they've also got all the expected things in development nightwing batgirl yeah. birds of prey is coming out whatever yeah. whatever this is the one to go let them do whatever they want. The thing I think is yeah. interesting is like uh, asking about why didn't they just have Deathstroke replace Deadshot? Well, if there's very specific reasons in the story yeah. for why James Gunn was like, ah, even though Will Smith has scheduling conflicts and we need to go, I'm not going to just swap out Floyd Lawton. Mm -hmm. That's exciting for me for the character of Floyd Lawton. Yeah. Right? That means that like there's some care being given into this and it's not just like, a, okay, we'll just replace him with like another right. similarly named DC assassin. It's right. like this is a Floyd story. And that means that Idris is going to come in and help them tell whatever specific story that is, which is which is cool. I can't imagine Guardians of the Galaxy having Star-Lord being replaced by Nova Richard Ryder. Yeah. Can you yeah, imagine yeah, like yeah. if they're just like, ah, we couldn't get uh, Star-Lord or whatever, like or, yeah. or Peter Quill couldn't so come we'll back for Guardians 2. We'll just get Nova. Same guy. Same thing. It's like, no, they yeah. needed to tell the Peter Quill story. And they did over two and a half movies. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's exciting for it's exciting as a DC fan because I have in my brain all of all of the stuff that I want to see. Mm -hmm. But this this is an exciting thing where it's like, dude, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. And I, and it, and it, I'm hoping that that is, will help it. Yeah. I think it will. It. And the yeah. fact that James Gunn has yeah. that track record and you talk about replacing Novo Star-Lord, who knows if Batista's coming back as Drax, yeah. that'll be an interesting conversation I hope, to have man. as we go forward because I apparently hope. he's the rumored front runner for Peacemaker which in is cool. this, which would be great. We, we, but yeah. We, we talked about how this do on, we replace Drax. We talked about this on Hyperheroes. I have a feeling that, if uh, in talking about replacing and having to move, yeah. if there really was no other option but to let go of James Gunn's involvement with this franchise and to just make this movie, they would have already been filming it. Yeah, I think that Kevin Feige has got some sway. I yeah. think that he I've heard rumors that he disagreed with some of the, the decisions made at Disney about letting him go about firing him so i feel like feige uh or pe maybe people that are in that same m frame of thinking mm -hmm. were like well then we're just not gonna do it yeah and they're postponing a huge movie people were like losing production jobs yeah, yeah. because they were expecting to go i think they were filming this year or late last year to like start doing guardians volume three now they said they still have the script they're going to use either either way but my theory is that they're literally going to wait until this film comes out. Yep. Because by out. then, everything, the controversy will have blown over. Yeah. And if, you know, and, and once that comes out, then I think that certain people who made the call, I think wrongly, to fire James Gunn at Disney will, will still be able to save face and go, okay, all right. Let's bring, you know, <laughs> and like, and kind of save their face and be able to Maybe. bring back James Gunn so that, or at least have him freed up to be like he's executive producer right and he has passed the torch and given the blessing to a director to come in mm -hmm. and execute this vision he's still executive producing batista's on board everybody's happy it's a big happy family we waited until because again if it really was about well anybody over at marvel is replaceable right. which sometimes that has been the case edgar wright yeah, yeah. jenkins even yeah. certain actors they would have been filming it john yeah, and they had it so that just that's the thing that's like giving me hope that like uh, we might not see it till like 2024 or whatever but yeah. it'll be james gunn coming 
coming back, and we'll it'll and it'll be the ending of that story. You so heard we'll it there see. first. You heard it there first. Exclusive. Right. <laughs> uh, a make em up. <laughs> Last one here. Uh, we got to wrap up soon. The email is from Jonathan Walker. He writes, "Hey everyone, with all of these different live action remakes we are getting this year, Dumbo, Aladdin, The Lion King, and the potential of a hunchback of Notre Dame film being in production, I was wondering if Disney could take a different approach and try to remake lesser known slash received films. I was thinking about something like Atlantis, The Lost Empire, or The Black Cauldron. I think these films would have potential to be great theater experiences and could benefit from some tweaking to be improved from their original film versions. What do you all think, and would you have any suggestions? Keep up the great work. Thanks. Great question. I also agree. I feel like they could benefit from tweaking and yes. from being great theater experiences. However, I don't see Disney going to movies that already didn't have a huge cultural impact. Mm-hmm. To make these live action movies. I don't see them doing The Emperor's New Groove. I don't see them doing Chicken Little. I don't see them doing Home on the Range. I don't right. see them doing The Black Cauldron. As cool mm-hmm. as those things would be to like improve on that. Atlantis the Lost Empire would be so dope. You know, get get Kermel del Toro to direct it, because he worked on some of the designs for right. the animated film. Um, I think that there's a reason they're going to Lion King, <laughs> Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. Dumbo. Like Dumbo, yeah. like the like the big the big shows. Yeah. So um I don't know that uh, I don't know that Disney with these live action remakes uh, or reimaginings are are going into it with like creatively what can we do? I think right. they're going into it with like how much money can we make off of this name and let's get some great talent on it and yeah. let's do some gorgeous costumes and let's do it. Um, so it's it's kind of a bummer, but uh, I don't I don't see them going to that well of of um of like lesser yeah disney classics for just for that re- just for like visibility just for like you know I think, yeah. I think you make a great point, Hector. Uh, you know, will they go and take a chance on the big feature film productions to do that? No. But with the Disney Plus streaming service, right. anything is in play now at this point. And you have people, they, they, they said they're going to do these feature film type movies for that are exclusive for their channel, for their content. Mm. So that would be positive. I'd love to see a Treasure Planet live action oh, film. Yeah. I'd love to see Atlantis Lost Empire live action. Yeah. A lot of people quietly love Atlantis Lost Empire yeah. and should and deserves the love that it's getting. Seeing live action versions of the being done on a smaller scale in Disney Plus still works. Look, you go and see Netflix movies that are totally theatrical caliber releases mm-hmm. on the small screen on mm-hmm. Netflix, and you still enjoy them because, you know what, everything's been going high-end now. You get 65-inch TVs for not that much. You get sound systems for not that much. Mm-hmm. Everything's available to make your home more than just watching it on a small box. You can watch it in larger forms and still get the theater experience for the yeah. most part. So I think that's certainly possible as we go I, forward. I so yeah. we'll, see. Yeah. we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody for those incredible questions. You know, we always appreciate them. Hector and I had a good time answering them. As he said, very specific very questions, specific. which we appreciate very much. And <laughs> again, a whole lineup of Suicide Squad. It, it was, was amazing. It was great. Very specific. And as I said at the beginning of this, if you want to send questions in, when we put the call-outs on social media, on Twitter, on, on uh, Instagram, look for that hashtag Collider Mailbag. Ask your question and put that hashtag Collider Mailbag on there so it's easier for me to find. And of course, you can email us, mailbag at collider.com as well. Send your questions in any Anytime. Think of something at 2 in the morning, send it in. Something at 5 in the afternoon, send it in. I look at all of them and decide the best ones that work for my guest for the week. Hector, thanks so much for stopping hey, by. Man, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks again for the questions. Uh, yeah. It was awesome. Man. And where can people find you, brother, and all the stuff can, you do? You, you can find me on the internet on and Twitter and Instagram, at Hector is Funny. And uh, check out episodes of Hyper Heroes that happen on YouTube Saturday morn. 
and uh, listen to the 500 Greatest Films podcast, uh, where we put you through the ringer. We did. Really terrible You're have film. to make it up to me later. Uh, yeah. Know. How's how's the back half of this year looking for you? Did uh, we book you on anything for 2019 yet? Not yet. yet. Okay, so man, we're uh, gonna keep have me to, in mind. Oh, keep absolutely, absolutely. So, <laughs> 500 Greatest Films podcast. Uh, it's a it's a dumb thing, and my, me and my buddy do it. And <laughs> poor John's episode was great, but boy, oh boy, what a bad film we watched. <laughs> Never watching that film again. Right, well, you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks so much for watching this weekend shows of Collider Mail. Again, thanks for all the great words of support you guys have been sending our way. Can't tell you how much I appreciate that. All right, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Have a good time. We'll talk to you soon. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switch to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.